Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, rockers. Today's guest is Ephraim Schulz, lead vocalist for the Orange County, California hardcore punk metal band, Death by Stereo. Together, we break down the writing, recording, and inspiration behind the fan-favorite single, Forever and a Day, taken from their 2005 album, Death for Life. This track was a huge departure from the majority of Death by Stereo's catalog up to that point in their career. Ephraim explained that this was a calculated decision amongst the band, as they wanted to try something a little bit left of center. I commended Ephraim with bettering himself for this album when he hired world-renowned vocal coach Mark Rank to help him with his delivery and technique. I love that perseverance. The band are all amazing players too in their own right, and the production team of Fred Arkenbolt and Bruce McFarlane, better known as The Factory, completely slayed both the recording and the mixing. Sonically, this song sounds incredible, and not dated at all, considering it's closing in on 20 years since its release. Oh, and Ephraim is a dear friend, dating back almost 30 years. It was so cool to catch up. So for all this and a discussion about anaphylactic shock, don't you dare go anywhere. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Ephraim! What's up? <laughs> Dude, I realized that... I have known you closer to 30 years than 20 years. Holy moly, dude. Yeah, I have known you that long. <laughs> wow, dude. I know. And for our listeners, you know, it's crazy because... 30 years? Yeah, you were just party buddy Ephraim that knew these knuckleheads that I knew in this band <laughs> One Eye Open. Yes. And one of the craziest... I've talked about them on on uh, either this main show or our... Uh, after party. I know I've talked about one I opened before and Amazing. crazy, crazy band. You can't even try to uh, pigeonhole the, w- what their sound was, but I knew you through them. And, and their guitar player, Tim Owens, will tie into this episode with this. Yes, of, of course. So Tim, yeah. Tim Owens became uh, a member of Death by Stereo. Now, you know, this is pre internet. So 1998. Oh, yeah. You know, you guys formed the next year you put out your debut album, If Looks Could Kill, I'd Watch You Die in 1999. Yep. Around that time, I started hearing about this band death by stereo there's some chatter going it was probably 2000 so two years after you formed this band i finally connect the dots and realize that ephraim's singing for this band that's getting big i'm going (laughs) what what's going on i mean we used to sing like striper songs and docking songs together but i didn't know you i didn't know you had an ambition to be a front man (laughs) dude it's so bizarre because Circle around 30 years later, I just went on tour with you. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which, like, which, which I got I to gotta say something about Ephraim. You know, you, not, you know, you're one of the guys that works super, super hard in this business. I'm looking at him right now. He's in his skate shop uh, in yep. uh, Fullerton, California. Fullerton? Yes. Yeah, in Fullerton. Yes. 
And uh, besides Death by Stereo, running a skate shop, and everything else you have going on in your life, you also front the Voodoo Glow Skulls now, who were just on the road with Less Than Jake. Yes, I do. And that tour was so awesome. It was. It was so good. It was. And I had such a good time. And I know I've told you this, but you know, you definitely have your own style in Death by Stereo. And I really feel like that's that's really you coming out. You know, when you right. when you do your own band, like that's that's your emotions, that's your yeah. that's your spirit and your energy coming out. You know, you stepped into a role that, you know, a lot of people might say, you know, they're, they're the former vocalist of Voodoo Glow Skulls. Oh, he couldn't sing. He was just barking and doing this. But I, it's like rapping. Yeah. or, or it, It's a different type of a way to use your voice. His grunting. His, totally like rapping. Yeah, his his you know the, the syllables how they come out and how you're able to uh, to step into those shoes. It's it, it was I know it was tough for you. We talked about it, but you're doing it flawlessly. Oh, dude, it was really hard. I don't think people realize how much power he sings with, mm-hmm. and how much he's pushing out, and that much power on every syllable. You know, every consonant, you just, bah, 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 bah. you know, I mean, I feel like I'm playing the horns, you know, you know like, I'm, like I'm a trumpet player or something. It's so much power you have to push. And dude, Frank is so good. <laughs> like anybody that ever asks what I think, I go, he's so good. People don't realize. Right. It's a tough one, man. It's a tough one. But I, I it's made me a stronger singer i feel like my lungs are just like boom so powerful now <laughs> after being in voodoo you come off stage and you're drenched every night you absolutely give it your all and you you and i as you know i've told you this you brought bring such a great energy to the band if you guys haven't seen them go check out the voodoo glow skulls but you know no! getting getting back to death by here this song for yes, sir. forever in a day is from your your fourth studio album entitled death for life released june 7th of 2005 on Epic. Epitaph. This is a different song for your band, man. And and way different. And, and I have to ask, by this point, you had been a band for about seven years. You had been on Epitaph yeah. uh for about four or five years at this point. Your second yeah. your second album came out uh, Day of the Death on Epitaph in uh January 2001. So almost five years at this yep. point. Was this a conscious decision to try to write songs that were a little more digestible to the mainstream? Because that's what this sounds like, but it doesn't sound like a sellout move. You know, it's an inch. It, it's a the whole way this song and this whole record happened is so weird. Coming out of the last record, we, we never really talked about it much, but on on the last tour we did on the record previous to it, this kid died at one of our shows. He fell out of a window. Oh, and. Dude, like, I'll never forget coming home from that tour and, like, just telling everybody, I don't want to do this anymore, you know? And we were all super depressed. And, like, I was like, we're done. We're done, you know? And then uh, everybody kind of at the same time maybe had some personal little struggles at home, different things. And it was just a weird time. And then we found our way back to each other. And we were like, no, we don't want to. We don't want to do this. That'd be, you know, like, I feel like we'd be dishonoring the guy by quitting, you know? And uh, we started playing again. And then Dan, who, you know, of course. the best ever. Yeah, well, real, real quick, Dan Palmer, who also plays guitar for Zebrahead. <laughs> he, exactly. he played on this track and was in the band at the time. Go, go ahead. Exactly. And he, uh, he ends up writing so much fucking heavy and dark shit. The heaviest shit we'd ever written, you know what I mean? He took us just straight into metal, right? You know, and I feel like we were becoming a metal band, and 
within that space, like it kind of made sense that Dan within that wrote this really delicate, but dark tune. Yeah. You know, he had this idea and while we were writing it, this song uh, had become different things through its journey into becoming what it became because also at that point, all right, well, we want to work with a metal producer. We went and got a metal manager that could help us do that. And we ended up, we wrote the song and started working on it with Matt Hyde, who did God Hates Us All for Slayer. Yes. So we were doing it with Matt Hyde, and we started working on the record with Matt Hyde. But at the same time, our bass player, Paul Miner, who was riding with us, his producer career was exploding. He was becoming a very in-demand record producer. And just life was changing for all of us. And in the middle of writing and all that, like, Paul left the band. So we were like, oh, we were spun out. So then we were searching for a bass player in the middle of writing the song. And then we find Tyler from the band Pulley, who is mm-hmm. a total shredder. Yep. And we all worked on the song with Matt Hyde together. Then there was a, and me and Matt are really cool now and everything, but like there was a disagreement between our managers and Matt Hyde. And then the, pro- the whole project got halted. The song got recorded at Paramount Studios with Matt Hyde with no vocals. I've still, nobody knows where it is. And uh, then we had to go get another producer and start over again. The whole record. It's crazy. Let me let me jump in real quick. So the album was produced by The Factory, which is a production duo of Fred Arkambault and Bruce McFarlane. But exactly. First of all, the production on this is killer. It sounds like it could be released today, but when I went to research these guys, it's like they went to be stockbrokers or something. You can't find anything about them. (laughs) What are they they doing? What are they doing? (laughs) So, Fred, we... we, Dude, I researched it high and low. I can't find a damn thing about these guys. So good. We, We met Fred through our management who was working with a guy called Mudrock. Of course. Who was doing Yeah. Okay, you know Mudrock. And he mm-hmm. was working with Avenge Sevenfold. Yeah. We were friends with Avenge Sevenfold. We still are. And there was a whole thing, you know, they led us to that and and they they kind of helped us find our way through that situation with their uh attorney Larry Jacobson. He helped us a lot and that he was kind of messing with us at that time too. Just it all just kind of fell together through multiple people. And but Fred was working with uh, Avenge Sevenfold. And so then we switched over to Fred, and Fred introduced us to Bruce. We have this new production partnership, and Fred had been working with Paige Hamilton, uh, Gavin Rosdale, some really cool, cool projects that we and we loved the way it sounded. The get the the, the Paige Hamilton helmet stuff he was doing just had that heaviness that, like, oh my god, dude, you know? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I remember being like, dude, you know Paige Hamilton? Holy shit, you know? And uh, so they took over. So the song got rearranged a few times. And, uh, oh, and I left out the funny part. The initial demos that we made on our own before we even got to Matt Hyde or any producer were the last band. We did all our demos on a four-track. <laughs> no one was doing four-track demos in 2005. No, it was CD. It was CD. <laughs> Remember, it was CDs. You bounce down to a CD and then get a here I got and Here, we, I got a cassette for you. Go buy a car with a cassette player so you can listen to it. I know. We were so just stone-aged, just dudes. We had a four-track still. Like, oh, let's just do this. You can buy the tapes at the 99-cent store. You know, and what like, a, Whatever works, right? Yeah, and that, that's what the demos we were showing these 
big producers, you know, it's just funny. But, uh, so finally, uh, we got to doing the song and when it came time for me to, to what I wanted to write about, I have this lifelong friend named Steven Cordero and I wanted to write a song for him because he means so much to me and he went through so much through our life, but I wanted to write it in a way to where like only me and him knew and the whole world would think it was about a chick. Oh, Okay. You know what I mean? I did. Well, I bet it's so funny, though, because I thought where you were going with this just now was this was going to be about the fan that had uh, lost his life at the show. No, which there is another song about him. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it was such a dark, beautiful song. And my friend Steve Cordero, who is just a beautiful human being, man, the funniest dude I know. When I was a kid, you know, uh, both of our families had our different hardships or whatever you'd say and when i was really young his family was so supportive of ours and really like always welcomed me in i hung out at their house every day i would skate to their house after school every day and hang out and he and his family really introduced me to music his grandfather had all these instruments at their house so like he's like completely really directly responsible for me getting into music and uh Steve was the first drummer of the band that became Save Ferris. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Connect the dots all day long here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we, we we just used to always jam together and stuff, and we're old friends. And uh, one day, you know, Steve went through a lot. I mean, a lot. And then he came down with, um, I'm going to say it wrong, monong, monongonococcal meningitis mm. and was dying and uh survived and fucking i just kind of wrote about all of that and our experiences growing up and and everything he went through and i wanted him to know that i'd be there for with him forever that's what wow. that's about okay well we're gonna get into the song in a second i got a couple things real quick matt hyde was on the list to produce a record for less than jake around this same time period which Dude, is crazy he's the best <laughs> he's so good yeah he that's was so it, weird yeah, he was he was he was on the list of a couple guys. We ended up not working with him. Uh, there's also this is crazy. There's also a piano version of Forever in a Day, yeah. which is on the follow up album Death Is My Only Friend from 2009. It was produced by Jason Freeze, who Josh Freeze's brother. Um, and yeah. Jason also does Time in Green Day. He's there. He's their guy oh, for yeah. their for their live shows. So totally. Um, that's insane, which tells me that that he heard a, a beautiful song within this already really cool, beautiful song that could be translated piano. I can't take away this fever. I can't take away the pain. But I will fight with you forever. Forever and a day. Lastly, I gotta ask. What did Brett from from Epitaph think of this song? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I used to say this song should have been a hit. I don't say that anymore. I I, I say when I think a song could have been a hit, you know, and if if a band like, you know, your contemporary, I'm calling it your contemporaries at this point, not Death by Stairs necessarily, but this song could have fit perfectly on modern rock radio at the time it was released. If Disturbed or somebody like that, the bands, the modern rock right. metal bands would have recorded this song, in my opinion, it would have been a hit. What did Brett think of it? Because the song's awesome. Brett was all about it. He actually made a, him and Jeff Abarda at Epitaph came up with a radio edit for it. And the problem was that everyone around us uh, was telling us, oh, there's too much screaming, there's too much screaming. So they did a radio edit. And 
To be fair, uh, it did, oddly enough, dude, this song and this record did so well in South and Central America. Oh, it wow. It was insane. We went to play the Dominican Republic, and we, I was like on a morning cooking show, like with Tyler from, <laughs> from Philly, like eating a sandwich. Que rico, like, uh, like you know, like, and Dan's on a radio show the same morning, and uh, you know, same thing in Costa Rica, same thing in Colombia. Colombia, the biggest headline show we'd ever done ever in in, in Bogota, dude. Like, it, it just unbelievable. Wow. So it was a hit for you guys. Yeah, it yeah. did blow up, and and internationally. I'd say in the states, the record previous to it did better. Internationally, it did, it this record did better, and people know the song in Europe, but especially South and Central America, man, it was just wild, and it just kind of came and went. You know what I mean? Like it was just like here and gone, you know. But it was just like wow, what what is going on? And you know, Colombia, going to the hotel, they got to drive you the weird way to get there, and all that, you know. Yeah, you're just like whoa, you know, like. <laughs> Dude, it was crazy, but it's a weird it, feeling when that happens to bands like ours. And I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, because we're big bands, but we're not superstars, you know. So no. I've, we've never had bodyguards. I walk wherever I want to walk, and we're down in exactly. South South America, Colombia. The first time they're like, "Oh no, 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 you're not going to the mall by yourself." Oh yeah, yeah, you're, you're the, <laughs> you know, the dude it, in the van picking you up had like has like a gun. Yeah, he's like yeah. a security guy. No, I know, and you're like, wait a second, oh. Gosh, there's so much here, dude. Before we jump into the tune, I promise we're going to get there, okay? Yeah. I understand, and, and and if you did, I think this is awesome. I understand you took vocal lessons from a guy named Mark Rank during this time. Yes. Is that, really? So weird you know that. Well it's, <laughs> it, it, well, it's so crazy because, like, wow, you're really singing in this. I knew you could Absolutely. sing. I knew you could sing, but yeah. I didn't know you could sing like this. Could you sing like this before, Mark? Was he there to teach you how to properly sing, or was he working on pitch and notes and things like that? I feel like I was getting there over time, and he taught me, like, a few different things that kind of un unlocked a couple doors I just couldn't get through and and taught me how to get past thinking like dude that's so out of my range and he and he would do these vocal exercises with me that would get me up to that range kind of trick me into it almost and he'd be like you did it mm -hmm. you know what i mean and and he taught me a lot about letting go and just not being afraid to be myself and just letting my voice come out you know and i, I didn't realize how important that was and also, when I was recording the vocals for that record, something else interesting happened to me during the making of that record. I have a nut allergy. So do I. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. I, I'll, I, I'll die if I eat them. I ate something wrong, you know, and uh, uh, I was having a snack in the space and I look over at Tim Owens from the band when I open. Uh, I look over at Tim Owens and I'm like sweating. I'm like, God, it's so hot in here, dude. You know, and he, and he kept being like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. And I got so unbearably itchy. And I was just, I don't, I don't feel good. And then I remember Fred being like, dude, you're getting sick, man. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah. You know? And he's like, go, go. And so I go and I walk out to my pickup truck and I everything starts getting blurry. My eyes still won't stop watering. My whole body got so itchy. My feet started swelling. Oh. And I like took my shoes off. And then I got on my my sidekick probably at the time. You know, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> that's around that time, mid two thousands. Exactly, and I'm and, and and I'm like, hey man, I don't know what's wrong with me. I need help. I can't see. And they came running out, and then they pushed me over to the side, and they just 
drove me straight to the emergency room. I went into anaphylactic shock. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and then so I came out of that, and my voice was trashed. And Mark Rank, I love you, Mark Rank, he just sat there with me. I went straight into him, and he Epitaph found him, got me linked up with him, and uh, I think he worked with Paige Hamilton, too. Awesome. But, uh, and he just kind of nursed me back, you know, over the course of some days, and then, like, got me right back in, and then, like, I, the lessons I got with him, he really just taught me to open up. And like, I think a lot of things, it, it was just, it's all mental. Like, like uh -huh. I, I feel like I was really soaring after I, my time with him, you know? Good for you. That's, I, I've wanted to, to go to a vocal coach forever just to maybe unlock something I don't know that's inside me. Yeah. So you, you, you've inspired me with that. And uh, I want to get into this, uh, this bad boy right now because you and I could sit here and talk all day. Okay. Oh, uh, David. <laughs> I'll go on and on. I've thought of 30 stories within stories already, and I'm tr not even going there. I know. I'm not even. I sometimes <laughs> yeah, I keep a we'll notepad here. To write, you know? Yeah, I'm not I'm not writing Woo! down other other stories with Ephraim. Okay. Uh, this song is five minutes and five seconds. The intro is eight bars of clean arpeggiated guitar. Bars nine through 16. The second half, the guitar continues as drums come in along with these guitar swells. They sound like volume swells. Is that what those are? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... And also, there's uh, there are strings in there. There's a string yes. arrangement. Probably a cello sound happening at that moment. Yeah, and and for those that don't know, a volume spell, you'll you'll hit a note in a guitar, and the volume be down, and you'll like put the volume up and sometimes you'll go very fast. Steve I is a master at, at volume swells. Oh, dude, he's incredible. <laughs> oh. But uh, the volume swells are going on left and right. We got that synth that Ephraim just mentioned. The first three root notes of the guitar part, uh, the third swell hangs over the fourth note, which is really cool for tension there. I love that. And then we go right into verse one. calling the pre-chorus because i think the last two lines are actually a setup for the chorus but i'm going to read everything so there's right. for context we kind of have to did you ever wonder will i make it through this night did you ever wonder will i live for sacrifice have you ever wondered will i ever see the light have you ever wondered can i live another life can i live another life that's all about my buddy steve and a, a little bit about myself you know because we were both going through a really hard time we went through a really, really rough time together, you know, and, and we were really, really good friends in school and we felt really outcasted and didn't really connect with anyone but each other, you know, and music, I think, saved us both. You know, it was kind of me asking him, you know, do you think, do you think we'll ever see the light? I almost feel like maybe can I live another life is me imagining him asking me that. 
You know, it's funny when you, when you we, we talk about mental health and, and you know, for, for men, we, we don't like to sometimes admit these things. You know, you, you, you're right. taught to not be weak as, you know, from the time you were a right. young boy. But it's crazy to hear you talk about this because you're one of the most positive people I've ever met in my life to me. You know, you're so right. up every time. I mean, I've, I've never, I've never seen, I've never seen uh, uh downtrodden, uh, depressed Ephraim, but I haven't been locked in a van with you in a band either. So <laughs> <laughs> he won't come out of his hotel room. He's been in there for four days. <laughs> it's so great, dude. That is brilliant. No, you know, I think, I think the things that you go through when you're younger, just make you stronger when you're older, man. You know what I mean? And like, it's, it made me a positive person, I think. Awesome. Well, there's a there's a lot of moods in this song, and the mood here in the intro in the first verse, throughout the whole song, especially when we hit that bridge lead part, and then the the whole half uh, second half of this song is like it's like a metal song. You know, it's this goes through yes. a lot of a lot of twists and turns. I love it. I have to ask, and I don't hear it until later in the song, but this sounds like a single uh, tracked vocal here. You weren't doubled here on the verses, were you? No, I wasn't. I think we just found something that was real and emotional and went with it, you know? Yeah, sounds really full and great, but it doesn't sound like it was double-tracked. Right. Um, there's clean guitar harmonics, panned off slight left that are killer here. There's a, yeah, it's awesome. There's a high synth part tucked in the mix on lines one and three uh, only. And I, I love what that does there for context. And then the last line, uh, and I'm calling, can I live another life? When you say that twice, I'm calling that the pre-chorus. And as soon yeah, as you absolutely. say, as soon as you say life the first time, that's when the yeah. big stereo guitars come in and there's more yeah. harmonics that take us into chorus number one. And that yeah. four track demo you had, I can't imagine with the, with the limitations of four tracks, how are you, you were able to orchestrate something like this song. How bare bones was that? I just sang it just by myself. You know, you know what I mean? Oh, I just, okay. It was just a lead vocal, you know? And then when we got in this, I ever, I could hear so many things in my head. I, you know, I would tell one of the guys, Hey, give me a, whoa, at the practice space, you know? And when we got in the studio, I tend to go into the studio and I build it out right there. Like I hear everything in my head and I, I know, I hear all the stacked harmonies. I hear everything. Then I take it a piece at a time. All right, we got done with this verse. Let me build up all the harmonies on it. I mean, I, I, I can't believe I don't know this, but do you do you fumble around on guitar at all? Can you get around on it or no? Yeah, I can get around on the guitar a little bit. Okay. Not like, not like Palmer or you, you know what I mean? But Okay, enough. so. I can strum some chords and sing and play at the same time. It's interesting. I haven't, I haven't heard anybody say what you just said the show really except for d snyder so d doesn't play anything really? no oh, but he he wrote all those twisted sister songs he would get there with the guys and he would hum guitar parts you know okay oh, so i've been similar, similar right things with our guys that's you know, so I'm cool. really lucky I've, to be surrounded by people that can read that vibe, too. Yeah, and I've told people, they're like, well, I don't really know. I, I hear these songs, but I don't know how to play an instrument. I'm like, just get them out like Ephraim does. Like, you you know, like, that's, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I've exactly. told them, like, just just sing it out to somebody and, and maybe someone can hear your vision. Yep. But uh, Chorus One comes in here. And again, unless it was such a locked double, I don't hear a double on your voice here. Do you, do you know if the factory, the production team, were they doing... Were you double your voice uh, in unison? They were putting secret sauce on stuff. They were, yeah. you, you know what I mean, reverbs and delays and all that. They definitely made it real drippy, but uh, uh, it's mostly it's mostly not doubled vocals, you know? 
I mean, obviously the harmonies are super stacked and doubled, you know, but this chorus is probably one of the poppiest things the, the band's done, you know, yeah. the, this chorus right here. I can't take away this fever. I can't take away the pain, but I will fight with you forever, forever and a day. I can't face this world on my own. I keep on searching for your face. I promise that we'll live forever, forever and a day. Chorus one comes in at the one minute and three second mark. What's going on? Those were all the thoughts in my head in the time when my friend Steve was in the hospital, you know, and, and I, I was saying like, dude, if you, they they were speculating he's fine now which is a miracle but uh and it's so rad but they were speculating he'd be in a wheelchair forever you know oh gosh and the, the thoughts and the thoughts in my head at the time were like dude you're my best friend of my life i'll fight with you forever i'll be with you forever you know and and dude you've been my friend this whole time i can't do this without you man you gotta fucking pull through this you know and uh and he did Hey everybody, don't go anywhere. We got lots more with Ephraim coming right up after a few words from our sponsors. To all the guys out there listening, we all know first impressions matter. And if you're not taking care of your skin, people are going to notice. They'll either think you're way older than you are or that you just don't care about your appearance. We'll show them you do and make a great first impression with Caldera Lab. I try to make skincare an important part of my everyday routine, just like brushing my teeth and flossing and styling my hair. It's just as easy and sometimes even quicker with Caldera Lab. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen leads off their product lineup, a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. Skincare has been the Wild West for men for years. That's why they've made the solution simple. It's three products. The Clean Slate, which is a face wash to start and end your day. The Base Layer, which is a daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin, and The Good, which is a go-to multifunctional serum that helps your skin look tighter and smoother. They also have the Icon Eye Serum, which addresses the three most common skin concerns around the eye, fine lines, dark circles, and puffiness. One minute in the morning and at night is all it takes to reduce your skin wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. Clinical trials have found that 94% of men's skin showed an overall younger-looking appearance after using Caldera Lab for a few weeks. So now is the time to see what it can do for you. We have an exclusive offer for Chris to make a podcast listeners, and it's the best offer available anywhere. Use the code DEMAKES at calderalab.com and get 20% off right now. Get 20% off with code DEMAKES at calderalab.com and make unforgettable first impressions that lead to the confidence you deserve. That's 20% off at calderalab.com with code DEMAKES. You'll be glad you did. Hi, this is Paul Phelps. And this is Monica Strutt. And we're from the Daily Music Business Podcast. We're joined by a number of other really great hosts in creating daily content with great advice for independent musicians just like you. 
That's right. We put out episodes daily on all topics from music marketing to branding, advice on signing with a manager and label and anything else you need to up-level the business side of your music career. We've got it covered. Subscribe to the Daily Music Business Podcast today on your favorite podcast catcher. Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And now back to the show. You know, you mentioned the South American crowds. They are so into the anthemic. I think everybody is in music. They like to put their fists in the air and, you know, uh, 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 sing those anthemic songs. But but what a lyric, though. Who can't get behind? But I will fight with you forever, forever and a day. I mean, it's it's not not surprising that this this lyric popped there. (laughs) And, dude, like, it was so cool hearing uh, giant rooms and giant festival crowds yeah it was like what is going on right now you know like this is so bonkers like i'm so glad i'm so glad you got to experience that because again this song to me and and it was a hit it it was a hit for you but uh like i said a a lot of those bands that were on modern rock radio around this time you know with with their money and their and and their push and and whatever there's a lot there's as you know there's a lot of factors and a lot of luck too that happens with with hit with hit songs but and 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 we we were kind of started doing more metal tours. We'd become a heavier band at that time. And we had a lot of great people really trying to push it in that direction. It was, it was, it was, it was an interesting time for us. You know, I'm telling you some of my favorite, favorite records were the, were the records where the band branched out and they said, we want to try something a little different here. And oh, when they, yeah. when they did that, it, it, it brought up uh, something. It brought out a different side that I think sometimes the band didn't even know they had, you know, like oh, how, how I'm sure this song, oh, when some, when some of your fans heard it, were like, Whoa, what is going on? Cause it was such a departure, yeah. but a lot going on on a chorus one stereo guitars bass drums get really big and loud on the crash cymbal the drums there's tambourine yeah. that comes in here there's that yeah. synth that that haunting synth running underneath combined with all those whoa oh, oh, backing vocals at the end of each line that's really cool those te- those textures that we hear you talked about that orchestration earlier were you hearing that in your head or was this kind of created in the studio with the production team and yourself I think that I had thought that strings would be a good idea and they reached out to an arranger and then he just sent it to us. He did some strings on a couple songs for us and just sent us that. And like right out of the gate, we were like, Oh, this is killer. (laughs) Like we, like we didn't have to change a thing. Okay. Incredible. So, but uh, uh, yeah, it was all synths, but uh, yeah, he did strings on another two other songs i think but yeah did fred and bruce the the uh, factory the production team did they mix the record or did you, did you go out to someone else to have them mix it they mixed it they did okay yeah this is the whole uh, like, thing like i said it's it's uh it, it's awesome and real quick we kind of got sidetracked did they ever do anything after this was this kind of it uh, fred yeah fred kept working and, and has 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 worked on tons of records okay but, uh i I lost touch with Bruce, man. I don't know what happened to Bruce. I just don't know. Well, we're going to find him. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we were at a little... We did the drums at Sound City. Yeah, I noticed that. Yep. And then ton of recording and the scene was also credited as studio. Yeah, there was a studio in Echo Park called Ton Recording, and they rented it out and brought all this gear in. It was just this little local studio. They brought all this gear in, and then Bruce's house was 
like walking distance from there. Oh. So the guys were just cutting stuff and sending it right to Bruce. And I was at Bruce's just jumping into vocals, dude. We were working like in tandem, like trying to just get it done. Like it was crazy. That's awesome. We worked at quite a furious pace. Well, verse two comes right off of chorus one. Arpeggiated guitar part is now played palm muted. Uh, the drums and bass are in with those guitar harmonics. Uh, the synth is running underneath everything here. And we got these ah ah backing vocals, which are just, again, I'll use the term haunting. They're, they're audibly uh, loud here uh, in this verse, which I think is really cool. Searching, losing power. Your whole life has been a fight. You keep on giving selflessly. The world keeps on taking selfishly. You keep it bottled up inside. Feel the sting. Let's take another ride. Let's take another ride. Yeah, yeah. And in your darkest hour, you bleed without a knife. You're searching, losing power. Your whole life has been a fight. You keep on giving selflessly. The world keeps on taking selfishly. You keep it bottled up inside. Feel the sting. Let's take another ride. Let's take another ride. Steve uh, used to steal his mom's car when we were younger, and we'd go on these crazy fucking rides, man. <laughs> like, oh my God, dude. You know what I mean? Cross people's lawns, doing burnouts, doing donuts in places. We'd go out all fucking night, dude. All night. I mean, I can't believe he pulled the gas pump out of the thing one time dragging it down the street i can't believe we never got in trouble and <laughs> he, he would just bring it back park it and just like nothing happened and i just like wake up on his floor like in the morning like oh hi you know yeah. we would go crazy but uh you know i was basically singing about steve and like how he's just this nice nice guy and i felt like man you've kept all this bottled up inside of you and you just get it out by being crazy and going around town and just fucking shit up dude we would go buck wild together dude and like just go cause trouble you know and and it's kind of like man you keep it bottled up inside let's just go take another ride then dude i could see why this was misconstrued by people as a, as a love song because uh yeah you know but, but you know like lovers but it, it is a love song between friends and that's why it was felt totally. that way i think yeah totally yeah, 100%. And still my great friend to this day, dude. But uh, 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 yeah, it was just basically uh, me kind of painting a picture of like, dude, you're such a nice guy. And you're, you've been so fucked over so many times and yada, yada, like fucking, man, let's just fuck it. Let's just go, you know, and, and, and it's also me kind of saying like, I need you, man. I need you because how are we ever going to go ride again? You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, something else, you know, I, I always talk on the show about hooks within songs and these guitar harmonics yeah. throughout. I've always loved what, what harmonics make me feel like, um, just what they can do if, if they're played well and used tasteful in a song, and they are here. I mentioned the drums and the bass are in here with all those guitar harmonics, that synth part running, a lot going on here. I love the second line. You say losing power in this cool, low, different voice. 
And yeah, yeah, there's a different thing there. Was that characters? W- yeah, different. Yeah, was that very conscious? Yeah, was that uh, something that uh, the producer said, "Hey, try something different," or is that just something that came out, or were you hearing that in your head? It's a very interesting note choice there. I came in with that. I uh, it's great. I knew I was going to do that. I really like with Death by Stereo. I like that it's a thrash punk metal band, but uh, a lot of times I like to approach the vocals like uh, from a Danny Elfman perspective where there's characters in the song or, and you know, and, or like Jello Biafra where you have, like, I think sometimes you have to go so over the top and almost act it out theatrically to get your point across lyrically, you know? And, and so that's kind of me. I, I, I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, acting it out, you know, you know, you're losing yeah, it's, power. Yeah. It's a, you know it's, what I mean? It's very dramatic. <laughs> It you is. Know, and, it was yeah, uh, so. almost like Swedish symphonic metal or something. Like, like where yes. where this where this voice come from? <laughs> oh, I love that. You know, there's on different records. There's been different parts where I, I in my head, I think, all right, characters, character voices, really get the emotion across so people feel it. You know, and and I've always wanted this kind of little bit of like a a spookiness to it, a nightmare before Christmassy little sprinkle on top. You know, yeah, like, no, it's it. It's really cool, and that really stuck out to me. Something else that's great, the last line, when you say, feel the sting, that's a different uh, way you said it there. It's a different enunciation. Yeah. I like that. It puts emphasis yeah. on the on those words, and there's a great guitar yeah. harmonic swell there that goes through the next part, which the lyric changes here on pre-chorus, too. It's, let's take another ride two times. Same instrumentation as before, but the bass run this time is killer. Woo! Finger player, Tyler. Yeah, it is so big good. Tone, that, yeah, big sound. I, I've always, I've always loved that with parts that are so good. And I was guilty of it, especially as a young musician. Be like, dude, put that the first time too. And it's like, no. And and the greatest bass players, they know they're good. They have restraint. They're like, no, nah, we'll just put it on the second one. Totally. Yeah. Because that dude, you've seen, you've seen Pulley yeah. over the years. He is unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the best. One of the best bass players in the genre. Hands down. In the game, dude. Yeah. Yep. Woo! For, sh- for sure. Well, <laughs> right off the heels of uh, verse two, we get into chorus two. Basically the same instrumentation as chorus one. I was listening for things here, Ephraim, like, are the synths louder? Are the woe-o's louder or anything? Right. I really couldn't discern if they were. It sounded uh, a lot like chorus one. But interestingly enough, this is the last chorus in the song. Yes. And that didn't hit me until this morning and i've been listening to this song yeah. a bunch the past couple days okay so and finally cool. finally this morning i get to it i go it finally hit me like a ton of bricks like wait a second this is where the chorus and this is only halfway through the song which yep. is crazy about halfway i can't take away this fever i can't take away the pain but i will fight with you forever forever We get into a bridge. It's instrumental for two bars. There is a new octave uh, guitar part along with bass and tom fills into four more bars of heavy drop tune guitars that come in.
Am I alone inside this glass box? I can't shatter from inside. Can you tell me? Can you tell me? Will we make it out alive? Come on, come on. Let's take another ride. It's me, I guess, putting myself in his shoes and then thinking back to when I was younger and the shoes I was in then and like how we both felt trapped, you know, like in our lives. And I just wanted to like, and, and, I, and, and, and we're fine now. It was just like we had to shatter our boxes to get out. And I found my way and I found my life and I found happiness and joy. And I wanted to ask you about that line. Am I alone inside this glass box? What, what were you trying to paint there imagery wise? Like we all can't be alone. Like I'm singing this song because I know other people are going to hear it and be like, fuck, fucking me too, man. Like, you know, like, fuck, let's let's we need an anthem for fucking for the fucking not cool kids, man. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I had mentioned a second ago about those woe-o's. I love the woe-o's here. And I also love that your vocals for the first time in the song, they're up an octave. And and, yes. and you're and you're and you're screaming your head off. And like when it got Boy, to this point, I'm like, okay, there's Ephraim, there's Death by Stereo. Yep. But it's but it's really cool how you meshed that together. And I have to ask. You know, this song up to this point was so different for you guys and something very yeah. special. You know, you could have went into a bridge and then did a chorus out and that was the song. Was there ever that discussion? Like, we don't want to take this too metal or, or we don't want it to sound too much like our old stuff. It definitely, definitely came up. And there was a lot of discussions about, you know, wh where are we going with this? You know, I remember even when the, the first inception of the song at, at rehearsals, Paul being like, whoa, like, what are we doing guys you know what i mean and, uh -huh. and, and 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 dan just being like this is you know this is what i got because you you could you could have played it safe you could have went into a, to a yeah. traditional d departure bridge for 16 measures uh, <laughs> yeah. and and then went to a double chorus out and and, yeah. and that's the song but i i love i love i love where you went here with it uh those woes are killer here um this bridge to me really ephraim is the second half of the song the first half is the ballad and the second half is the heavy part it's like that testament right. song the ballad oh, <laughs> i love testament so much so good. I, I know that's why i had to i had to jam it and jam it in this episode oh, yeah. with you the whole other episode um <laughs> on the last line come on come on let's take another ride this ascending guitar riff here with the bass and drums is just yeah. it is so Dude. it gets me that part gets me hyped what those guys did together and the bass following the guitar through that crazy hole yeah like it was pretty mind blowing. I feel like it was really a, a moment of realizing like, holy shit. Like, I'm like, damn, Dan got so good. You uh -huh. know what I mean? Like yeah, I just watched Dan's playing just really jump up a notch on that record. Like he was so good always, but he just, it was just like he spread his wings. No, the dude is just next. He, he's next level. I, you know, I, I listened to him warming up every night. We were just on the road this past oh, yeah. summer with Zebrahead for some shows in Europe, and he's got yeah. this little practice amp. And he sits over there and yeah. just, you know. And I, I don't think I've ever told this in so many words. You, you don't want to like tell tell your friend that they're blowing your mind, you know. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the the dude's just he's he's next level. He's so good. Hi, Dan, if you're somehow listening. But I love um, you, Dan. <laughs> uh, the guitar solo comes in here, which. 
Again, yeah. Dan Palmer. This guitar solo is just shredding. So Dan is known as the soloist of Death by Stereo, but on this particular song, I, if I'm not uh, incorrect, Dan played every guitar on the song, but this is the one song where Tim Owens played the solo. Tim played the solo. Yeah, that's Tim's solo, dude. It's crazy. It, it sounds like Dan. That's crazy it totally to me. Does. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Tim- Tim was a very underrated guitar player, dude. Like, oh, I, I know he. he I I know Tim was know great. You know. No, but I'm yeah. saying I know he's great. But I, you know how you know somebody? Uh, it's like Eddie Van Halen. You know, it's him playing guitar. I don't care if who picks up the guitar in his same amp configuration is not going to sound like Eddie. And totally. Dan definitely has his own style. I thought that was Dan. I think everybody does. It, it it's wild, and 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 Tim killed it on that solo. And for everybody that's a fan of the band, we're talking about Tito. He became Tito during his time in Death by Stereo. Tito became his nickname. So everybody knew him as Tito forever. Was that uh, from Tito's Vodka? <laughs> I, th- I think it was from Tito Jackson. Uh, Tito Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the guitar solo is 24 bars. On bar four, we get a no-no from you. And then yeah. on bar eight, we get a rah. Yeah. Was wow. that was that just the you going, there needs to be something here? Were you, a lot of times guys will be yeah. warming up in the vocal booth. No, they'll, they'll just do it. Before, you know, right. was that planned? When we jam at practice, like sometimes I just kind of like vibe with the guys. Go. Yeah. And I do it different live, you know? And, yeah. and so sometimes when we record, I'll be like, just roll the tape. You know, just roll it. And I'll just throw in a couple. Yeah. Uh, I'll just try and feel it like hip hop. Yeah, I love those little things, those little those little flourishes, yeah. and and I, I especially love it live, as you said, because you could do it different every totally. time, and it and it doesn't matter. It's just your personality coming across totally. And sometimes when I hear a solo in my head and in my heart, I'm all, you know, like yeah, when he does it, and so I'm just like yeah, like I'll, sometimes I'll just do it, you know, you know, like yeah, you're feeling it. Bars seventeen through twenty four, there's insane riffage leading up to verse three. Uh, there's a guitar harmony at the end of the solo for a bar or so panned off right. Yeah. The last eight bars of this section, the guitar is feeding back and the stereo guitars are doing this killer walk up before we get to verse three. Oh, dude, with the bass. Yeah. Little Mozart part. Really classical sounding. And I can't imagine verse three not being here it's so perfect but you could have went into a chorus here was there a discu- yeah. was there that discussion do you remember yeah we, we we wanted to have like a really hard crushing end with a like kind of a crescendo we wanted the song to be a journey with peaks and valleys so build it up build it up explode and then release at the end that was the whole vibe man we were really trying to paint a picture and dan Oh, Dan just murdered it with that arrangement. Dan is like such a great arranger, dude. It's insane. And yeah, that was very intentional and uh, building up to that screaming verse. Just kind of like, 
everything built up, everything built up, everything built up. This is our fucking rage, you know? Well, that killer walk-up takes us into verse three, and right off the top, we get this ow from Ephraim. And in your darkest hour, you bleed without a knife. You're searching, losing power. Your whole life has been a fight. You keep on giving selflessly. You keep on taking selfishly. I think you say keep on there, right? No, I, I, I say you keep on giving selflessly. They keep on taking selflessly. They, okay, because yeah. in verse two, these are almost the same lyrics, but in verse two, you say the world keeps on taking selfishly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I okay. do say that. So there is a change yeah. up here. Um, yeah. And then the last line, it's the same lyrics uh, as verse two, but there's no let's on let's take another ride. Right. You say, do you just say take another ride? Was yeah. that was that kind of uh, improvised? Very freestyled, very improvised. A lot of the screams, a lot of the stuff all over that record was stuff I was just feeling in the moment. And and I would, dude, I would just go back and be like, I'll give you like, you know you know how you do. I'll give you three more of these. <laughs> you know what I mean? And sometimes we just went with the one. Sometimes it was a one take on the record. But I think there was a good amount of one takes. Some I would just do harder and harder and harder just to try and get the hardest scream I could till I was blown out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're screaming your head off here and it's awesome. I got to ask. Now, and you may not know, maybe the production team, the factory did this, but if there's anywhere where there is doubled vocals, it sounds like it would be the, the back half of this song. Do you know if they unison your, your lead vocal at all, or is that just one? I can't tell. On the screams? On the screaming part here, yeah. I want to say, did we double those screams? If they did, they're so locked that I can't hear a rub anywhere. It's really edited well. I don't think we did double those. No, those screams are not doubled. They didn't have vocal align yet. <laughs> <laughs> which, which for those who don't know vocal line, it's a very nice uh, little program. The woe-o's after each line are awesome here. There's really great synth stuff, and the drums, bass, and, and stereo guitars are just super, super loud and killing you here. Out of this part, we go into what I'm calling a post-chorus, but there's not a chorus before it. So I don't really know what you call, maybe, maybe the outro. Yeah. This is like the outro yeah. of the song. And you say, let's take another ride. Yeah. Forever, 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 forever. We get that said six times. Everything is in here, including an awesome new octave guitar part. And these woe-o backing vocals, they're tucked in low here, but they're mixed with such a great delay. I'm glad you like the, the feel, you know? Yeah, yeah no. That, that, that was definitely trying to get like a feel and just like a... It, it build up to this big thing, but then I, I, we want you to feel vulnerable again at the end, and 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 just a little like, 
a little shook, <laughs> you know? And I can't put my finger on what I'm calling. And I've only had maybe four or five uh, songs out of a couple of hundred episodes I've done here or whatever on, on the show. I've never, uh, this is only like the fifth time where I've said this is a coda. And I'm calling this a coda, this last part of all the right. song, okay? Because it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, uh, this part's great. And all you say is day forever and a day and you end with the word day it's just a vocal yep. and it sounds like a nylon string acoustic guitar to end the song here kind of reverts back to the ballad feel from from the beginning yep. uh and kind of ends almost a little morose This part reminds me, and I can't think of the band. I, I, I want to say Maiden, but it's not. It's, it's like an outro to an 80s metal song, and I can't think of it. It's, that's, that's the feeling it, it, that, that I get from it. Totally. Kind of like a, uh, the end of 18 in life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, so, that spooky guitar outro, you know? But uh, uh, I, I, that's a, I, it's the only thing I can think of. But uh, uh, it's interesting. So even though this was a song was a departure for us and the album was a departure for us in my head, I'm still thinking about hardcore punk shows and the crowds. What can I write that I can get something from the crowd? Cause in my head day forever. And it happened. Yes. At the end of every night, I would just say day. And then I put it out and the whole crowd would forever. And a day. It happened every time. It was really cool. For the visual, everybody listening right now, uh, Ephraim's holding up the mic. So he's saying forever, and then he's holding the mic out for the crowd to say it. And hearing that back is awesome. But uh, what were your thoughts now? You had been in a band for a number of years at this point. Okay, you're yeah. on Epitaph Records. You guys mm -hmm. you guys are out there doing it. You're making a living as as, as, mu yeah. as musicians. Okay, you're, 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 yeah. you're living the dream. Incredible. What, what, Incredible. what was it like hearing the, the mix back of this song when you first heard it? Because it's it's this is now almost twenty years later, and this song sounds as fresh today as it as it did then. I was pretty mind blown. I'm not gonna lie, and and also uh, I was so happy because I I felt like man, I always knew I could sing melodically, but no one ever wanted me to. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I wanted to prove to everybody like, look what I can do, man. And I I remember feeling so proud because, you know, Mark Rank was like proud of it too like proud of me you know and i remember sitting in in the blue room at epitaph which was like the the meeting room and you have your meetings about marketing and creative stuff and them like listening and and hearing a couple of the people in the office being like whoa man like you're like totally different you know yeah. and, and it just made me feel really proud man and and uh if it's a cool that record's a cool accomplishment for me you know yeah i'm glad you said that because uh it is an accomplishment and the fact that you were able to you know as we get older as musicians we get stuck in our ways and ego and all kinds of things oh, yeah. take over and it's like you know you, you went out and got a little self-help the vocal coach that that's very commended and 
Listen, my friend, again, I could sit here and talk to you for another two hours about nothing. I love this you. This is so awesome. I love you, man. And and thanks for I love you too, dude. thanks for thanks for thanks for sitting in. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. I'm a totally a fan. So this is awesome. Your podcast rules. So thank you. Thank you. Before we break, what's going on with Death by Stereo? What's happening? Um, Death by Stereo, we're writing riffs, working on new, we're doing new stuff. Everyone's been so busy with their lives. We haven't been able to do much, but we started playing shows again. We're planning stuff for next year. Hoodoo Glow Skulls is going to be in uh, Japan in November with the band Hey Smith. And uh, we'll be on the West Coast with the Slackers in December and uh, all over the country with Mustard Plug in January. Uh, Manic Hispanic is playing a big comedy event October 11th. Check out our socials. How can I forget that? That's yet another band you're in. I, I left that out earlier. Yes. Hey, man. If you have another band, I'm your <laughs> I, band. I do have another band for you and I. Let's go. Yeah, it's called De- Death by Almonds. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's amazing. <laughs> or walnuts, whatever. That's, that's um, we'll have a great writer, Aller- allergen free. It'll be beautiful. That's right. Our, our first record's called Anaphylactic Shock. Out soon. <laughs> Anaphylactic Shock. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks so much. Love you, dude. <laughs> Hey everybody, I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Ephraim as much as I did. But don't go anywhere, there's lots more Chris to Makes a Podcast coming right up after a few words from our sponsors. Hey, this is Scott from Fly on the Call. Each week I speak to a different musician, whether they're in an established band like Silverstein or The Wonder Years, or a band on the rise like Spanish Love Songs, Origami Angel, or Meet Me at the Altar. We discuss music and lyrics, the successes and challenges of being in a band, and more as we get to the core of each artist. The show features musicians of diverse genres and backgrounds, so there's always a chance I'll be talking to your new favorite band. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. As we near the end of the show, here's a band you might not know. Welcome to this week's Band You Might Not Know. If you'd like your band to be considered for Krista Makes a Podcast, all you have to do is email your best song via MP3 only and a short bio to Band You Might Not Know at gmail.com. This week's featured artist is Project Revise, a three-piece pop-punk band from the UK. The band has been featured on a number of Spotify editorial playlists, as well as BBC Radio. You can find their music on all the streaming services. Here's a snippet of their song, Just a Story. Chris and Chris. So Chris, that was a really fun episode. I like it when it's an old buddy of yours who comes on and you could tell that they're just having a good time talking to their friend. I I really like that. And I think that the listeners uh, will really feel that too. I also think it's really cool that Ephraim wanted to come on and discuss a song that's so personal to him and that's so different from the rest of the band's catalog. For anyone who's not familiar with Death by Stereo, they're a super thrashy band, and this is so much different from anything in their catalog. Yeah, they they took a step in a different direction for this record. I, I commend it. A lot of my favorite records were from bands that, you know, they, they had someone pull a different side out of them that uh, they hadn't shown the world before, and, and uh, there's definitely... This 
this is definitely a different side for Death by Stereo. Yeah, definitely. I really liked hearing about the way he writes songs. And yeah, you said it's how D. Snyder does it. He hears the songs in his head and he's surrounded by people that he can describe to them what he's hearing in his head. And they're talented enough to take that and translate it and bring it to life. I think that's a really cool way to write a song. I've never tried to write a song that way. Just describe it to the people around me. I always have a bass in my hand or a guitar in my hand or something, and I'm you, I'm doing it that way. But that's a cool way to go about it. It is, and it's foreign to me only in the sense that there's been times when I hear something in my head and I go pick up the guitar and, and I can't replicate the idea. That that happens sometimes where I can't figure out what I was hearing. And then then the idea just goes away if I didn't have a voice recorder or something. I'm like, ah, you know, the, the, the riff that never was. But, you know, before we go any further, Chris, I have to say, and I had this in my notes, I didn't mention it. For everybody out there, little fun tidbit here, Ephraim made a cameo in the Less Than Jake Dope Man video. Yeah, you told me that before you recorded. That's wild. You guys really have been friends for a long ass time yeah i told him going on uh, 30 years um, closer to 30 years now than 20 years known him forever hey when you listen to death by stereo it's almost as if he's intimidating as a vocalist you wouldn't imagine that he's such a positive upbeat i mean from the second he came on here i'm like i like this guy <laughs> i want to be friends with this guy uh just such a positive and and uplifting guy to talk to and uh you know wouldn't you be a little intimidated if you heard Death by Stereo, that guy, that voice? You know, well, wouldn't you think, like, oh, I'm not messing with that guy? Absolutely. And he, his persona on stage, he, he's menacing with both bands, with Voodoo Glow Skulls as well, as we talked about in the episode. There couldn't be two different uh, bands stylistically, vocal-wise, than Voodoo and Death by Stereo. And he does them both flawlessly. He stepped into shoes and Voodoo. That, that's not an easy vocal uh, a band to, to try to emulate those vocals. And yeah, his whole personality, too. He's just the nicest guy in the world. And you're like, he fronts this like crazy metal band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of vocals, too, Chris, it's so cool to be able to just be like, hey, I want to step up what I do. I don't care what it is. I mean, go to a vocal coach. Yes, of course. Whatever instrument you play, anything you do in life, even if it's not music, to be able to say like, there's always somebody better than me out there who can teach me something about what I do. And to be humble enough to step into that and accept it and try to better yourself, that is so commendable. That is awesome. It is. You know, Ephraim's one of those guys that I that I knew could sing, um, and I thought maybe that's what he went to the vocal coach for was like notes and this and that, wanting to brush up on hearing things. I think his ear was always there. I think he wanted more technique, and it sounds like what he got from Mark. Yeah, and also when it comes to vocals, I like that you guys are talking about those little impromptu things you're feeling in the moment in the studio on a record that can make a song so much more special and less sterile. Mm -hmm. Recently, we've been doing these punchline podcasts where we're going back through all our old albums and talking about them. And on some of our early albums, we'll do things like there's a song where I go, the song's about to kick into like a fast part. And I go, here we go. Like on the record, I do that. And I'm, I'm laughing because I'm like, I 
I probably <laughs> wouldn't do that now because I'd be like, no, you can't do that on the album. But I think it's cool that we did stuff like that. It it just adds so much life to it, you know? It does. It's cool, except when your A&R person at the record label hears you do it on a demo and wants you, and you were just joking. And I'll uh, I'll, I'll give you the <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the <laughs> a bridge version of this story. But I was doing the demo for for Automatic, and right when I got up to step up to the vocal mic to sing the first line, I think I think I know it all. Uh, just before that, I said "sick cow," and that's what Greg Graffin from Bad Religion used to do. Yeah. These, like it sounded like he's saying like "sick cow," like "sick cow." Right. Well, I did that <laughs> before the vocal started, and our A&R guy Craig Aronson was just like, "We got in the studio to cut the actual song uh, for the record losing streak," and he's like, "Where's that thing you did?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "That that thing." I'm like. What the hell are you talking about? And finally, he's like, that, that thing, you know? I'm like, that was just a joke. He's like, it's got to be there. I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> he got demo-itis of your bad religion impression. He did. <laughs> he great. did. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I also like one thing that I took away that Ephraim said is things that you go through when you're younger make you stronger when you're older. And I think you and I, and probably most people listening to this, know that, you know, if you go through a hard time, it makes you that much stronger and uh I just like that. I like thinking about things like that. I thought that was cool that he said that. It is. And in this lyric in the chorus, you know, I will fight with you forever, forever and a day. And he talked about those South American crowds and they're just so, I'll use the word again, anthemic down there, fists in the air, the whole crowd singing. They sing the horn parts. They sing the guitar leads. I mean, it is raucous. It's, it's, it's insane. And I can see why that lyric translated. And again, very different song for the band and, I, I really think that uh, this is part of the reason why why they're still out there. I think I think this album uh, uh, really uh, really pushed them and gave them a lot of momentum. Hell yeah, man! And speaking of fists in the air, Chris, I know that our listeners out there have their fists in the air when they see that there's a new episode of the After Party in their feed. What's the After Party? <laughs> it's it's our bonus episode that we release every week for members of our supporting cast. Yes, supporting cast is just a different type of thing like a Patreon, where if you love the podcast and you want to support the podcast and you want to get a bonus episode every week that we put a lot of love into, just like we put a lot of love into this podcast, you can go to chrisdemakes.com and for the cost of an apple juice at the Cracker Barrel, you can support the podcast that you love and get bonus episodes every week. Right, and that's a uh, cost of a apple juice at a Cracker Barrel in Tennessee. If you're in the Los Angeles, California area, it might be might be a little bit more expensive, but okay. anyhow, <laughs> give Chris and I a follow on Instagram. I'm at less than Chris D. Chris is at Chris Fafalius. And go uh, give me a subscribe on my YouTube channel. I'm trying to boost this thing up. I post some funny stuff in there once in a while. It's uh, Chris Makes Official over at YouTube. And I want to thank this week's guest, Ephraim Schulz, for sitting with us. And we'll see you next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, 
everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now.